The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you and make his face shine on you and give you peace. Amen. I want to say that one more time. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The, the Lord make his face shine on you and give you peace in Jesus' holy name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. All right, we continue today teaching on the difference between the great catching up and the visible return of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And thank you for joining me for this very exciting teaching. Come, Lord Jesus. Lift your hands and just say it. Come, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. Amen. And as I'm done today, just before I'm done, I want to pray for the sick again like I did yesterday. Oh, I felt a wonderful anointing. And I know God will do it again and tell your friends, I'm praying for the sick at the end of every program. I think I'm going to just continue from now on. Pray for the sick at the end of every time I'm with you. Because I believe God's going to heal many. Amen. Okay, first, yay! First Thessalonians. And yeah, I'm excited. First Thessalonians 4 and verse 16 and 17 talks about the rapture. Now, I'm going to show you the difference between the rapture and the visible return in four scriptures. You're going to see one, 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 one. You're going to tell it clear. All right, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, trump of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's quite clear. It is great catching up. The reason today there's such a confusion out there is because people cannot separate the scriptures from the great catching up and the visible return. So it's one coming and two stages. That's so simple. Not two comings, one coming. Jesus is coming in two stages. First, for the church, seven years later, visibly, where every eye will see him. Let's look at the second stage, okay? Let's go to Matthew, and let's go to chapter 25, and let's go to verse 31 and 32. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory... And all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him will be gathered what? All nations, and he will separate them one from another. So that's the visible return of the Lord. That's later. So this is really important that we see the difference. In 2 Thessalonians 2, in 2, and I'll show you more, in 2 Thessalonians 2, Beginning at verse 1, Paul is talking to the church about the rapture, what we call the rapture, the great catching up, because he says in verse 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. So this is the rapture. This is not where he comes, where every eye sees him and the nations will mourn. It says, Do not be shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, or by word, or by letter, as from us, as that dead day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you, because what? It says there'll, there'll come first a great falling away, and that man of sin must be revealed, the son of perdition, meaning Antichrist. Now, a lot of people, you know, they've messed this up just a little bit, because they say, well, it says the Antichrist will be here, so there's no rapture. No, no, no. The word reveal doesn't mean rule. 
The word revealed means that people will know this is the man that the world is looking for, okay? But we're gonna be raptured before he takes authority, before the rule begins. So this is still pre-trib, pre-trib. Now look in Zechariah 14. Zechariah 14 is quite clear because we see now the difference again so clearly where it says in verse one through verse five, it's the visible return here. So you see first the, the Thessalonians four, rapture. Matthew 25, 31, visible return. Second Thessalonians two, rapture. And then Zechariah 14, one, the day of the Lord comes and your spoil will be divided in, in the midst of thee and I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The city will be taken, the houses will be rifled, women ravished, half of the city will go into captivity, but the rest or residue of the people will be will not be cut off from the city. It says, then will the Lord go forth, fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. His feet will stand in the day on Mount on the Mount of Olives. You see the difference where the rapture happens in the air. The Lord does not exactly touch the earth yet. It's all happening in the air. But then later, his feet will touch the Mount of, of Olives. A big earthquake happens and splits the mountain. Now, the Bible is quite clear in Colossians 3 that when the Lord returns in the visible return, we will be with him. We come back with him. So therefore, we have to be gone to come back with him. It says when Christ, Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. In glory means he will come with the saints. You see the difference coming unto rapture, coming with the uh, physical, visible return of the Lord. Now, let's also look at something very, very important, okay? Um, Acts chapter 1. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures because I think it's important you see them for yourself and begin to tell the difference. Acts 1.11. Now, the angels are telling the apostles, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. This is definitely the rapture. Why? Because he's talking to the apostles. He's saying, you, why do you stand looking at heaven? This same Jesus will come back in like manner. In like manner means no one saw him except the apostles when he ascended. Therefore, no one will see him when he returns in the rapture except the saints. You see that? It's quite simple. But then if you look at Revelation 1, it says, it shows us a whole different picture. That when we return with him, Revelation 1, 7 says what? Here's what it says. Behold, he comes with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and there also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. So the, the two comings, are, or the two stages, I should say, one coming, two stages. So it's very important that we really grasp this truth. It is so important. Now, saints, I want to start talking about, real quickly, 
the the uh, purpose for the coming of the of the Lord. If you look at uh, John fourteen three, which we saw yesterday, and I think it'll be good to look at it. Let's just look at the purpose. I just showed you the difference, but let's look at some like why. What's the purpose? So in John fourteen, let me go back here. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, and I want to show you something so touching, so beautiful. It says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I pray the Lord will really open your hearts to this amazing scripture because it shows something really beautiful here. John 17, 24, let's put those two together, okay? We just read John 14, 3, but let's look at John 17, 24. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me what I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So the first purpose for the rapture of the church, which is in both of these scriptures, John 14, 3, John 17, because he says, Lord, I will, this is my desire, that I be with them, that they may behold my glory. That means the reunion with the saints. But what, what's behind it? He misses you. He loves you. Because he says, Father, I will that they that you've given me, be with me what I am. I want them there with me. I want them there because I love them. That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Basically, he's saying, Lord, if you love me, make sure they're there with me. Oh, that precious. Because you love me, I want them there with me, Lord. Hallelujah. And then you, you go back to John 14, 3. I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. You see the love. You see how the Lord wants us with him because of his love. So the purpose for the rapture is the love of God, that he wants us there with him. Hallelujah. What's the second reason? or the second purpose, I should say. The second purpose is found in Philippians 3.20. The Lord is eager to transform us because it says in verse 20 of Philippians 3, for our conversation or conduct life is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he's able even to subdue all things to himself. You know, when, when we read 2 Corinthians 5, Paul talks about how God has put in us the desire to be free from this old body, to be renewed, to be given that brand new body. And the Lord wants to give us that brand new body, and it cannot happen till the rapture of the church. So in the rapture, our new bodies will be given to us. 
in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. Hallelujah. And we shall be like him. So not only because he loves us, but because he wants to transform us into his image. Without the coming of the Lord, that cannot be. See? So he is coming to transform us into his image. Hallelujah. Now, let me show you something else. Matthew 25. This is one of those things that people, I don't think, think about a lot. But it is there in the Bible. Matthew 25, 19. Why also is he coming? What's the purpose? What's the third purpose? The Lord is telling a parable, he says. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them. So he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, here's the five talents, and I've, I've brought more. Well done, he says, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in what I've given you. I'll give you more. We, we, we know that amazing parable. So the Lord is going to come to reckon with the saints. He's, he's coming to settle accounts, basically. And, and so the Bible says we will be judged, all of us, before the seat of Christ. When will that happen? Right after the rapture, we the saints will stand to be judged before the judgment seat of Christ for our work. For our work. Later, God will judge the world for their sin, their sins, but the church will be judged for our work. And Paul says, It'll be like fire, would be tested by fire, whether our work was for the Lord or not for the Lord. And it says that some will be saved as by fire. See, So the work will be tested by fire. That happens after the rapture of the church. And that is what the Lord is talking about here in Matthew, where he comes to reckon. In verse 19, it says, After a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them or settles accounts with them. So that is most certainly uh, another amazing result. Now, I want to also show you something really quite powerful. In 2 Timothy, in 2 Timothy, Paul talks about uh, another reason or purpose for the coming of the Lord, and that's in verse, in 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 4, and verse 8, and he says this. He says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. That day meaning the rapture. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing, meaning waiting for the coming of the Lord. The world is not waiting for the coming of the Lord. We are waiting for the coming of the Lord. Remember in Hebrews 2, 28, he's coming for those who are looking for him. The last prayer in the Bible, come Lord Jesus, coming from the church, not the world. And here again, crowns will be given. Rewards will be given. So why the rapture? Not because the Lord loves us, wants us with him, not just that he wants to settle accounts, but more than that, he wants to crown those that have done well. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, 
which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them who love his appearing. So he, 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 he is tying it with, with the rapture, that those rewards will be given at the same time. Now look at First Peter, First Peter chapter 5. I hope you're really enjoying this because I'm enjoying sharing it with you. And it says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. When the chief shepherd will appear, you know, I sense the anointing flowing. Um, Chad, play that worship right now, please. I'm really sensing the anointing of the Lord. I am praying right now that God Almighty will prepare you and will purify you. Can you please play that beautiful worship? I'm really sensing the Lord's presence here. Lord, I ask you, I'm not done teaching yet, but I've got I've to share this with you. Lord God, let them be ready. Let them be the ones, Lord, who receive a crown of glory. In Jesus' name. When the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. Lord, do it for each one. Lift your hands and say, Lord, please, prepare me for that day that I'll be accepted, that I will be received and accepted with joy. I give you praise, sweet Jesus. Uh, bring the music down just a little, a, a little touch, please. A little touch. Let's look at First Peter. Uh, sorry, Second Thessalonians, I should say. Precious Lord, precious Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, chapter one and verse ten. I'm sensing the anointing. I'm really sensing the anointing. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints, to be admired in all them that believe. So the rapture, the, the purpose, one of the reasons, it says that he will be glorified in his saints, to be admired in all them that believe. Now, Lord, grant it in your holy name that you'll be pleased with us on that day. Be pleased with our life. Mana canta palvimero. Bless him just in the Holy Ghost right now. Mente pilvile fetro pialva kintirame. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Matthew 25, 10. And I'm going to pray for you who are sick in body today. You know, the Lord put it on my heart to, to, to pray for the sick on each program from here on. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Wow. So the Lord is coming to be united in marriage with his bride, the church, to celebrate the marriage supper. 
So the Lord came, and while they went to buy, those who were not ready, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready, the church, went in with him to the marriage. The door was shut. So he's coming to be united in marriage with his bride. So that's also another glorious purpose for the rapture of the church. Let me, uh, let me give you just a few scriptures that deal with something different. Matthew 25, 31, we're in the same chapter. Because here we see the difference. It says, when the Son of Man, I'm reading Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. So this is going to happen after the Lord returns for the church. We're with him in heaven for seven years. He comes. There's a thousand-year reign where he'll subdue all rebellion. And at the end of the thousand-year reign, dear Lord, I just sense someone is being healed. People of God, I'm telling you, I'm sensing there's healings happening right now. Lift your hands and receive your healing. Someone with a very serious lower back problem. You've had an injury in a car accident and you feel heat right now while I'm talking. Would you mind standing up and checking, just, just bend and move a little bit? The pain is leaving while I'm teaching the word. The pain is leaving right now. I give you praise, Lord. Arthritis is also... Uh, there's a man with serious arthritis, especially in your neck and shoulder area. God is healing people right now. So a thousand years, I'm, listen, I'm gonna try and finish this teaching. A thousand years after the millennium, the Lord will judge the nations, just like we read here in Matthew 25. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray right now. I'll continue this amazing teaching tomorrow, Lord. I rebuke sickness. I rebuke disease. Sinuses just cleared up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. A severe problem with headaches gone. Someone has been having a, uh, in, in, infection in the lungs. You've had an infection in your lungs. Lord, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I give you praise. Skin cancer, I rebuke it. You go now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, be gone. Lift your hands and say, Dear Jesus, touch me. Dear Jesus, heal my body. You are my healer. You're my great physician. Touch me, Lord, and heal me completely. Glaucoma is being healed also especially in the left eye. You just felt like a worm go right through there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Someone, um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lady who's always shaking. You're always shaking. 
and it's not the part of God that is causing that. But you're always trembling, and you've gone to the doctor, and they told you there's some kind of a condition that they gave you. They put you on medication, but it just hasn't stopped. Lord, we rebuke it. We rebuke it. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke that now. Give you praise. Hallelujah. I want to pray with you right now. You know what? Just hold it. I'm, I'm, I believe God Almighty is uh, touching a lot of you in your, in your own spirit. You really want to be ready for the coming of the Lord. You're, you're, you're afraid of the future. You're afraid of what may happen to you and your family. I'm here to tell you, fear not. The Lord says, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you in my hand, my right hand of righteousness. I just sense to say that to someone. You are living in fear of the future. There's no need to fear when you're walking with the Lord. There's no need to be afraid. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. Lord, in Jesus' name, strengthen people. Your people, who need your strength today, Lord. Remove the fear, remove it completely out of their life. Your word says in confidence on that day we're going to meet you with no fear but confidence and faith and joy and love. Come, Lord Jesus. We cry out today, come, precious, wonderful Jesus. For unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the throne with joy to the only wise God be glory. You will be strong. You will be strong. You will finish stronger than when you started. Amen and amen. Now listen, bring that music down please a little bit. I want to pray with you for your finances. Because I know that's a big, that's a big worry with a lot of people. That's a big worry. Will I, will I survive? Will I have enough money to pay my bills? Will I make it? Will I lose my job? People today in Europe are afraid because of, of the winters coming, because of the lack of gas now in Europe, and the lack of oil, that they could, you know, and they're talking about power shutdowns in Europe. It could even happen here in this country. Don't be afraid. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or even think. He promised he'll never leave you, never forsake you. He also promised, I've not seen the righteous forsaken. I was reading that just this morning. Nor will your seed be begging for bread. David writes, he says, I, am, I was young and now I'm old. But I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. You will be just fine. Even way more than fine. Because the wealth of the wicked is going to be transferred. And listen, the wealth of the wicked was transferred in Egypt at a time of what? Trouble in Egypt. And I believe that's going to happen again, that the wealth transfer will happen at a time of great trouble for the, for, 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 for the world. Lord, bless them in the name of Jesus. Prosper them. 
Give them that assurance. All is well. In Jesus' holy name. Meet their needs financially, continually. No lack in their life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, I sense the anointing. It's time right now to sow seed so God can bless your future financially. You can sow your seed right now on the platform you're watching me on. Listen, don't negotiate with God. It's not going to work. You just have to step out in faith and obey because that's the way it works. If it doesn't hurt, it doesn't work. So right now you can sow your seed in faith. Let your faith come alive. Let your faith come and bubbling with joy right now because God will take care of you. You can also go to our website, benihim.org, or you simply text BHM45777 and watch what God will do with you. And don't miss tomorrow. And a very special program, very, very special on Thursday. All right, much love. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to finish this teaching tomorrow and pray with you again for the sake. Make sure you tell your friends I'm doing that every day. Much love. Bye-bye.